Hello, Baker McKenzie welcomes you to Connect on Tech, a global podcast series covering legal developments on data, technology, privacy, and security that impact your business. Here's your host, Brian Hengisbaugh, Global Chair of Privacy and Security. Okay, we're so glad to have uh, Joanna De Fonseca, a uh, senior privacy associate and superstar for us in our London office. Joanna, welcome to the show. Hi, Brian. Thank you. Well, we're here to talk about the very timely issue of contact tracing and uh, some of the apps that are emerging and really try to get into what's happening from a data protection regulatory perspective and what we're hearing out of Europe. So maybe if you could start, uh, Joanna, just give us a sense, what is the UK ICO saying about contact tracing apps? Many listeners, I'm sure, will have heard that the UK is looking, um, like many other countries, at developing contact tracing apps to combat the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, And in light of that, um, the Information Commissioner's Office, the ICO, has recently published a statement um, on the data protection implications and some key considerations in relation to contact tracing. And the key message from the ICO really is that data protection laws should not prevent innovative uses of personal data like contact tracing in a public health emergency. Um, But equally, uh, the ICO is also keen to stress that the principles of data protection law, fairness, transparency, proportionality, and so on, um, do still apply in that context. And interestingly, um, the ICO um, very much sees data protection law as an essential way to support innovation. And, and that's really in keeping with the approach that we've seen the ICO taking to regulation more generally, actually, particularly in the work that it's done around topics like AI. So this idea that data protection should be an enabler of innovation, not a bar to innovation. And the argument from the ICO here really is that data protection law can help to foster innovation by assuring people that checks are in place to prevent the buildup of intrusive pictures of their lives. So essentially, um, the statement that we have from the ICO on contact tracing um, very much indicates that the ICO is supportive um, of contact tracing apps as a public health initiative, but equally, as with any new technology, um, it will be crucial for the public to have confidence that contact tracing is being used in a fair and proportionate way. And the ICO has produced a list of six questions for organizations using contact tracing technology to consider to ensure that those privacy considerations are being properly addressed. That's great. Super helpful. Boy, wouldn't it be refreshing if all data protection authorities were thinking about themselves as enablers of solutions rather than uh, limitations on what could be done? Uh, Very different, uh, different approach, I would say, to the issues. Are there any ways in which the UK ICO guidance is um, in, in some way Uh, particularly challenging to address? I mean, I imagine that there are elements of notice and, you know, transparency and um, probably general standards of proportionality, et cetera. Um, But is there anything in there that you would say, oh, gee, this is particularly difficult to, uh, to address? Not necessarily, actually. I mean, I think um, so. It's, it's quite high level what the ICO has said so far. As I say, they've produced this list of six questions. Um, those are kind of very much that they're, they're short and punchy. Um, we've 
produce further details in a, a blog post um, on, on the Connect on Tech blog on this topic. But um, the questions are very much focused around practical issues, um, issues like proportionality, for example, is the planned collection and use of data necessary and proportionate? So things like you shouldn't be collecting personal data in a contact tracing app that isn't necessary. You should be using anonymized data where possible, pseudonymized at the very least. Um, I think a particularly interesting point is around um, sort of the centralized versus decentralized model debate. Um, and so essentially, when I talk about a centralized model, um, I mean where the processing in the context of a contact tracing app takes place on the user's device rather than on a central server. So I think what's interesting there is the ICO really advocates a decentralized approach. Um, and the reason that that's interesting is, I mean, clearly that's in keeping with the minimization principle, it's reducing the amount of data that's being processed um, to the minimum. But the flip side to that, and, and one potential challenge, I guess, is that the advantage of a centralized model um, is that health authorities, for example, could have access to information on a central backend server. And clearly that information is going to be useful. It can tell us things like, what do the levels of contact in a population look like? Are social distancing measures working. So that that could be one challenge. Um, I think another one is going to be around making sure um, sort of that your measures remain proportionate on an ongoing basis. Um, so one thing that the ICO says it will expect organisations to do is carry out an initial DPIA as a minimum. Um, but I think an important point to draw out of the ICO's statement is that that's an ongoing obligation. Um, the situation is obviously evolving very rapidly. And what measures are going to be appropriate and proportionate are going to change over time. So I think not just doing that initial DPIA, but also reviewing that DPIA on a regular basis. Um, and in particular, at the end um, of the crisis, once the initial um, sort of peak of the pandemic has passed, um, reviewing at that stage and thinking about what's appropriate then? Um, can we or should we keep this data any longer? Should we anonymize? Should we delete? Um, so I think building in a regular review um, into your use of a contact tracing app or development um, is, is going to be really key from the ICO's perspective. Yeah, no, I think those are really, I think those are really key issues because um, definitely, I think one of the, the talk about refreshing or keeping updated your data protection impact assessment, because certainly use limitations are going to be critical, right? That we're not using the data for some other purpose, whether it's a marketing purpose or a law enforcement purpose or some other purpose is going to be essential, I think, to maintaining user trust. So let's take a, just a, a bit of a, a broader look now. What's been going on at the EU level in relation to contact tracing apps? Um, and, and are there ways that it's different from the UK or, or what's going on at that level? So there's been a few key developments at the EU level um, over the past couple of weeks. Um, so first of all, um, back on the 8th of April, um, the European Commission published a recommendation uh, for the use of technology and data to combat the COVID crisis. Um, and that focused on mobile apps and anonymized mobility data. Um, and what that recommendation did, um, and we produced a blog post on that at the time as well, and um, which listeners can read. Um, so the recommendation established a process for developing a pan-European approach or um, what, what they call a toolbox to use digital measures to address the crisis. 
Um, and since then, the member states backed by the Commission have also published version one of the toolbox itself, um, together with accompanying data protection guidance um, from the Commission. Um, now, development of the toolbox is an ongoing process, so the member states will be working together to refine it in the coming weeks and months. Um, and in the end, it's expected that the toolbox is also going to be expanded to address other types of apps and um, use of mobility data for modelling to understand the spread of the disease. But version one, and it is very much version one at this stage, and um, that really focuses on contact tracing apps. And then in addition to that, um, we have also had, um, just last week, um, new guidelines from the European Data Protection Board, the EDPB, on location data and contact tracing apps. So those guidelines are distinct um, from the guidance from the Commission on Data Protection. Um, although the Commission did develop its guidance in consultation with the EDPB, the EDPB has issued its own separate guidelines, albeit they are fairly closely aligned with what the Commission has to say on the subject. Um, and unusually, um, the EDPB guidelines are actually, they are they are final guidelines, they're not a draft. So um, exceptionally, they weren't submitted for public consultation in draft form prior to adoption um, due to the obvious urgency of the current situation and the need to have guidelines readily available. So um, we have final guidelines from the EDPB on contact tracing as well. Super helpful. Super helpful. Thank you for that. Okay. So in, in closing, maybe what would be just a, a few tips you might suggest for organizations who are intending to develop or use contact tracing apps? I know you've mentioned a couple times that on connectontech.com, we've got some good blog posts explaining these things in more detail, but what might be a few tips right here for the listeners? So just a, a couple of themes at a very high level um, that emerge kind of across what we've seen from the ICO and also from the Commission and the EDPB. I mean, I've talked about um, proportionality um, and data minimization, purpose limitation. So won't go into that again, um, but uh, sort of a couple of other points worth highlighting to listeners. Um, one is around voluntariness um, of contact tracing apps. So there's a general consensus that contact tracing apps should be voluntary. Um, people shouldn't be compelled to use them. Um, there shouldn't be negative consequences for individuals who choose not to use those apps. Um, that said, another point worth highlighting is, um, in the view of the EDPB at least, that doesn't necessarily mean that the right legal basis for processing in this context will always be consent, which might seem a little bit counterintuitive, but it's worth highlighting. Um, and in particular, the EDPB guidelines suggest the other legal bases um, like performance of a public task and the public interest um, might be more appropriate justifications in some instances. Um, so that's worth bearing in mind. Um, I've also I've mentioned the decentralised approach um, point already um, in relation to the ICO, but it's worth um, noting here that the EDPB and the Commission also advocate a decentralised approach as being more in keeping with the minimisation principle. They do recognise that a centralised approach could be a viable option, um, but the kind of subtext in what the EDPB and Commission are saying seems to be that generally um, a decentralised approach is going to be preferable here. Um, and then a sort of final point I would say is um, just around planning for what happens after the pandemic. Again, um, that's a point made by the ICO. It's also something that really comes through in what we've seen from the Commission and the EDPB um, as a crucial consideration. And the point here is really that just because something is appropriate and proportionate at the peak of a global pandemic doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the case 
after the crisis has passed. And in particular, um, the EDPB and the Commission both stress that apps should be automatically disabled um, once the crisis is over. I mean, at what point you decide the crisis is over is, is another question, but that, that's that's what they say. Um, and any remaining data um, at that point uh, deleted or, or anonymized at that stage. Um, and I, I guess the final point that I would make on this is, I mean, obviously, development of contact tracing apps is still um, at a pretty early stage um, in most countries. And so while um, we we now have um, quite a lot of guidance already from the regulators on this and on, on the associated privacy issues, I still think that it's quite likely that, I mean, that there's going to be additional privacy considerations that may arise as national contact tracing initiatives start to take shape and we start to see more concrete use cases effectively um, developing. And so it's quite likely sort of looking a few weeks or months ahead that there's going to be additional issues that need to be considered on a case-by-case basis as they arise. And so I would think um, it, it may well be that UK and EU regulators may well review and refine their approach on this topic um, over time. So my sort of final takeaway point for organisations who are looking at this um, is not just to sort of digest the current guidance, but also to watch closely for future regulatory developments in this space and also to be regularly reviewing processing activities um, to make sure the solutions they're developing are um, designed to combat uh, the pandemic in line with current guidance and also that any solutions continue to be appropriate and proportionate in the circumstances. Yeah, no, those are great points. I mean, especially the part about if you, gee, if you thought it was tricky with the onset of the pandemic and how we had to wait for for gates to be opened and and public health justifications to overcome what what are otherwise traditional privacy barriers, just you know, wait for the coming down the other side when when maybe the pandemic is lessening and how do you know that it's lessened to the point where the the exceptions to the privacy rules and the the, the more generous uh, views of authorities will start to fade because the uh, the threat from the pandemic is fading. So that's even trickier times to come. Joanna DeFonseca, Senior Privacy Associate with Baker McKenzie in London and a superstar. Thanks so much for the briefing. We look forward to having you back. Many thanks, Brian. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next podcast when we connect on tech. For more information on data and technology, subscribe to our blog at connectontech.com or visit our website at bakermckenzie.com.